those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Now that can go for world politics, that can go from football, that can go to a personal level. If you do not realize what's happened in the past, either to yourself, to the program, to the world, if you forget those things, they will happen again. Don't let those things happen again. Remember the past to build for the future. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Rough Next Podcast. I am your host, Cole Nixon. I'm a senior at Ohio Wesleyan University in Delaware, Ohio, majoring in business marketing with a minor in data analytics. I also play football for the Battling Bishops with a love for sports and entrepreneurship. That's why I started this podcast. I wanted to be able to share the knowledge and advice of sports figures and entrepreneurs with all of you. Just about every week, I try to bring on a guest who is viewed as a leader and motivator in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship, business, and just life in general. A new episode is released every single Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss Motivation Monday at the end of each episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast and Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1. If you want to contact the Roughnecks Podcast about potential sponsorship or collaboration, then message us on social media or email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Shout out to Dante Fair for the podcast music introduction and PNH Studio for the logo. Now let's get into this week's show. Joining me this week for episode 19 is a very good college buddy of mine by the name of Hunter Coyle. Hunter was one of the older guys from a group of college buddies that took me in when I was just a freshman and made me feel welcome when I first came on campus as a little guy. He's a hardworking person and will be sharing some very positive and inspirational information throughout this episode. Hunter is currently a voluntary assistant for Ohio Wesleyan University football team, so in a way, he's basically my coach. To me, he will always be a good friend. Here's my conversation with my friend, Hunter Coyle. Welcome back to another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. This is the 19th episode and the last episode of the month of January, which has the topic of inspiration. The monthly topic idea was inspired by the Champions Manual. I've been talking a lot about it, and for those of you who, the consistent listeners know exactly what I'm talking about, but the ones who are maybe just now tuning in, uh, I'll give you a brief rundown of what it is that we call the Champions Manual. Champions Manual is something that was given to me and all of us players at Ohio Wesleyan University by our head coach, Tom Watts. It has many topics in it, like focus, discipline, adversity, and many others. Each month, we'll have those topics in mind. The Champions Manuals is something that Coach Watts took from former Youngstown State and Ohio State head coach, Jim Tressel. Coach Tressel called it the Winner's Manual and even has a book about it. If you have read the book, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I highly recommend reading it. I just finished reading it the other day, and it's a very beneficial book. My guest this week has a uh, lot of experience with that champion's manual. Isn't that right, Mr. Coyle? That's right. That's right. Enough to go around twice. (laughs) Yeah. So welcome to episode 19, Hunter Coyle. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. We've known each other for, what, about four years now. Uh, You're one of my closest friends from college. Uh, We've had some uh, Mm -hmm. fun times, needless to say. We won't discuss those on here, but we... We'll just leave it at we had good times, especially that trip to Tennessee. 
Yeah. And I will say that you do have the best taste in music, in my opinion, compared to the other rooms or parties that we hung out at, because I mean, everybody always gave you shit, but I mean, I know me and Krusty loved it. So you have good taste oh, man. compared to what everybody else says. I dabble in a little bit of everything. Exactly. I, I dabble in a little bit of everything. So just to start, I always like to start each episode. Give us a little background on yourself. Uh, my name's Hunter Coyle. Um, I come from a small town about 45 minutes south of Columbus called South Solon. Um, it's right off of Interstate 71 uh, by the big Tanger Outlet Mall down there. Um, that's how people usually, that's the, that's the biggest landmark around to, to pinpoint where I'm from. Yeah, I went to Madison Plains High School. I played football and I wrestled for two years there. Then I uh, ventured up to Delaware found myself in the best thing that could ever happen to me there at Ohio Westland. The football group program changed my life and who I am as a person. I'll, I'll never, I'll never talk bad about it. I'll never, I'll never naysay it. And I love everybody who's come through there and has come out of there and especially the coaches and all my friends, just like you, it was a great experience and I wouldn't trade it for the world. So what ultimately made you go to Ohio Wesleyan compared to like some of the other schools that are around? That Ohio Wesleyan was not the first uh, school that I visited. I actually went to, uh, I got a letter uh, of interest from Cornell, like the Cornell. I was surprised. And so were my parents. Cause I mean, I was not a, uh, a book smart individual in high school. I, I skated by. So I went up, I went to, uh, I went to New York. I took a visit and I was in a group of about, 50 to 75 guys and their parents and I tried going up and talking to one of the coaches afterwards and he he kind of just said thanks for coming and that was back when I was in good shape I wasn't I wasn't what I look like now yeah I was like well I definitely don't want to go to a big school um, especially one that prestigious it, I don't know kind of kind of scared me I'm not gonna lie but uh, then I went to uh, Lake Erie College and I took a visit there their division two I think they're NAIA I think is what they are yeah I went up there I took I took two or three visits I, I liked the atmosphere up there, but um, one of the major things that like turned me away from them was that they actually shared their stadium with the local high school team, which I thought was kind of odd. But I mean, circumstances arise and, and schools do what they do, do what they have to to survive. But uh, I ended up going there three times. And then I and then I found out about Ohio Wesleyan. I didn't even know anything about Ohio Wesleyan. I never heard of it before, but I stepped on campus and man, it was, uh, it was, it's, 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 it, it leaves me speechless because compared to the others, I mean, Cornell was nice and historical, but Ohio Wesleyan, it had that small town feel that I, I'm sure everybody who's gone to Ohio Wesleyan or is at Ohio Wesleyan right now has talked about, but it was like the perfect size for me. Cause I mean, I came from a small high school. I graduated with 96 people. I knew every single one of them. I knew their parents. I knew their families. Yeah. I came to Owu and, um, Met Coach Formaz, who was uh, oh, previously an O-line coach there. And, yeah, me and him hit it off immediately. Yeah, then I got to know uh, Coach Watts pretty well. I applied. Um, I kept on going on visits, came on a couple game day visits with my parents. I was working at Kroger one night. I worked in the meat department, so I was slicing up ground beef and steaks and fish and everybody for, for everybody. And uh, I got a phone call, and it was from Coach Watts. And I was like, well, I better take this. Maybe something happened with my application. And I get the phone call. He's like, Hunter, what's going on? I was like, not a whole lot, just working. And he's like, well, I'll keep it short and sweet. How would you like to come play for Ohio Westland? And, oh, man, I, I almost I was passed out in the freezer. It was crazy. But uh, he said that. I was like, this is where I'm going to go. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's how I, that's how I ended up there. But, uh, yeah, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. 
it's crazy because like i look at it too it's like one of those campuses i mean i probably the same with anybody that who goes to like schools that they fall in love with like it's one of those where you walk on campus and you just like no like you're just like i love it like this is awesome this is what i want that's the that's yeah that's the thing i mean i i went on those visits and i got offered or offered uh from coach watts to come up and be on the football team and uh, my mom was like well don't you want to visit more schools and I was like, not really. I was like, I, I want to go there. I mean, if I called her today and I asked her what I said in that conversation, she'd tell me that. Um, luckily, it was the right choice for me personally. So, but I completely understand what you mean by having that feel. I mean, I stepped on those on those brick pavers on the J, and I was like, this is this is home for me. Exactly. I felt the exact same thing. Would you recommend somebody going to play D three? Like, if you don't. You know, you don't get those. Everybody wants to be a D1 athlete. But sometimes I think D3 gets overlooked and, like, gets almost like a – I don't want to say a bad name or, like, a bad representation, but, like, people don't find it yeah. as prestigious, as I guess, is, and they don't feel like it's as, like, recognized. I don't know exactly how I'm trying to put it, but do you know what I mean? Like, would you recommend someone going to play D3 if they have that passion for football? Oh, absolutely. I mean, people, people – um people consider success and like recognition factors and, and sports they play. And I mean, yeah, of course, everybody has dreams of going to Ohio state or LSU or USC, you know what I mean? All those big schools. Cause everybody wants to be the shot caller. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, we, we don't have games on TV. I mean, we don't have, we don't have, uh, labeled buses. We don't have the, the, the Ohio Wesleyan bus traveling, to every game I mean that just the atmosphere alone I mean you, you we do we do the bishop walk and I'm not sure if you've gone over that I mean I mean we start on one side of the campus and we march to the other side to the stadium and uh I mean there's people I mean we stop traffic in the middle of town I mean the, I mean I mean it's and you it's, got people uh, honking at you like people who aren't even going to be at the game but they're honking at you as you're walking across the street and exactly stuff. yeah it's it, it is yeah, one of the yeah. feelings that you get when you're doing that I'll never forget my first bishop walk when like the coach like you know you got the interns that go down and they walk out in the middle of Sandusky and stop traffic and you're just like oh this is like happening like it, it makes you feel like you're a big deal oh yeah I got goosebumps talking about it right now I, <laughs> I love it I, I love that stuff yeah I mean I mean as far as d3 versus every other every other level of play I mean just I mean for me it was all about the relationships that I made I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough and had the opportunity and have the opportunity to come back and be part of the program after I graduated. You would think that after going through it and after graduating and after having a little bit away from the school, that you'd be like, ah, that's enough for me. Just like high school. I mean, I mean, everybody that graduates from high school and plays ball going to Friday night games, it's not, it's not what, it's not Friday night lights like you think it was going to be. It's it's not the same. You kind of dread it more than anything. But stepping back in in into the campus and now on an opposite side of the coin as a coach or a voluntary assistant, I should say, stepping back into that light, I mean, it it feels the same. I still get juiced for practice. I mean, I was one of the guys who absolutely loved to practice because I love I love uh, shooting the shit. I mean, I I love messing with guys. I love messing with the D line. I'm an offensive lineman. I mean, I, there's nothing there's nothing better. Then, uh, then I mean, just going up to Joe Urich or Chicho and just smacking him on the head and saying, better luck next time, you know? I mean, nothing, 
nothing grinds a defensive lineman's gears more than that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's all about how you specifically view the sport. Are you wanting to get recognized or do you want to play a game to better yourself as a person, in my opinion? If I wouldn't have played, I mean, at all, like any level, I would I would have I would have dropped out from school. I would have not had the opportunity to, to coach like I am right now. And uh, I definitely wouldn't have met the friends that I've met, including yourself. Yeah, I mean, I relationships did it for me. Coaches, players, people around the school. I mean, it's it's just all how you view it, I guess. Of course, there's the guys that are dead set on going and being on TV and, uh, you know, playing Big Ten Championship and trying to win the national, the natty. And uh, it's just, I mean, I guess it's all personal opinion, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look down on D3 football one bit. I mean, our conference is super competitive. I mean, the just the just the the majesty of it. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've talked about how we play Wittenberg and we play for the the skull and uh which we can't call it that anymore. No, um, that's but uh politically incorrect I mean, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's not allowed anymore. But uh I mean, it just, the rivalries are all the same. I mean, we still I, I don't want to use the word hatred, but I mean, there's a, there's a hatred for the other team. There's a, there's a, there, there's a dismissiveness towards the other team that I would imagine that, I mean, not the same level of course, but uh, Ohio state, Michigan, I mean, it's, it, there's still those kind of rivals rivalries, but I mean, it just doesn't have the flash and the, and the cameras going off and people booing and cheering the stands. It's just scaled down. And I think that at the D3 level, I think that helps a lot of guys because a lot of guys come in to no matter what level and think they're a world beater. I mean, you could have been hot shit in high school, but you step on the field with athletes from Florida, California, Texas, I mean, anywhere, and you realize that you're in for a rude awakening. I mean, it's it's that plain and simple. Yeah, I think that's where like me, like especially, you know, I I thought I could go play at least D2 and then like you get to the D3 level and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, like there's some pretty damn good players here too. Like, and I'm not as well as I, or as good as I thought I was going to yeah. be. It's crazy that like, at, there's a lot of talent at the D3 level that does get kind of overlooked. Some of them, like you've, we've played with kids who could play D1 like Trone. He could, he was a D1 player. Things just didn't work out for him. But like, we've played with people who yeah, absolutely, or, and against people where you're like, why are you playing D3 football? But so you just get overlooked and that just shows like, don't give up on it because like there's, there's still that D3 there. There's still D like, if you don't get that D1, there's still D2. It's the same thing. Like don't, you have the chance to still go play and prove yourself and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, that's why there's multiple levels of collegiate football. Not everybody's made for D1. I mean, it honestly, it's like a ladder. I mean, you ultimately, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to shine anybody away from shooting for the top, but uh I mean, there are steps down from it. And that's, that's not a knock on you for going lower. It's just maybe the D1 lifestyle just didn't fit fit you right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's the truth. I mean, and also, I mean, money's a big part of it. I mean, you could go, ideally, any good and solid and just great football player could go D1, but they might not get a, a scholarship, you know? I mean, money's a big factor. So, the, I mean, the, the, the coaching staffs at those bigger schools – which isn't a knock on them. They expect you to be there for one or two, maybe even three years before you get a scholarship and you're paying for the school out of pocket. I mean, that's the nice thing about these, about the smaller universities and D3 football is that it gives the, the opportunity for people of 
any magnitude of player to come and showcase their skills. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I didn't think anybody watched D3 football. There's a lot more D3 football talk than what there's led on to be. I mean, you get on Twitter, and I'm not one to go and be on Twitter all day, but if you look in the right places on Twitter, you'll find all kinds of stuff for D3 football no matter where it is. Well, heck, look at uh, the dude that just got the job at, for the Chargers. He was a D3 football coach for a team in our conference, I believe, or maybe it was it was a team in Ohio. I know that, uh, but yeah. he, but either way, like he's he was a started I mean, yeah, out it's, it's... as a D3 coach and then worked his way up to now uh, NFL head coach. And it's the same. Also, I feel like with playing, like if exactly. you don't get that D2 offer or D1 offer, and you have to go play lower. It doesn't mean that that's out of the question. It means you have time now to go prove yourself. And if you still want to make your way up, you still can. Exactly. That's also the reason there's a transfer portal. And we're all part of the NCAA. So all that's possible still. There's nothing wrong with showcasing your skills at a lower level and making coaches realize what they missed out on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it is. It's it's not, you're still playing football and you're still building that brotherhood and that like connection and I, like I, you kind of touched on a little bit but like football is one of the I feel like most unique sports because I feel like you learn more about life through football than any other sport like and you grow more as a person through football not not, not a knock on any of the other sports but I don't know what it is about football but there's just a different like mentality with it and like you learn a lot more through that sport because like you said you were a multi-sport athlete in high school and so was I and but, like, I look at the lessons I learned, most of them were through the football, to, like, football. Yeah. I mean, when I came to Ohio Wesleyan, I found out that I was a morning person. I mean, the 6 a.m. lifts and, and workouts on um, Thursday uh, mornings, I mean, you'll see guys roll in there, and they still got bags under their eyes, and they're practically carrying their pillow and blanket, and I'm there ready to rock. I didn't know I was a morning person in high school. I never had to wake up that early. But you wake up at 5, you wake up at 5 a.m., you get to the weight room early, you realize that not everybody is cut out to be a morning person. And I found out that that's my favorite time of the day. It's crazy what you learn through football. So, I mean, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's a skill. Yeah. I mean, be, being able to wake up on time completely through your life, it travels with you no matter how old you are. I mean, if you can't show up to something on time or early, which was, I mean, I showed up to almost every meeting an hour early and I, I mean, I got made fun of it, but I was never late for anything. But, uh, I think, I mean, that's one of the key, the key components of football that I, that I learned and I still carry with me is I show up early to everything, whether that be a cookout, whether that be a movie. I mean, I, I take it everywhere. Exactly. And like, that's where football, like, cause if you didn't, if you weren't on time for stuff, guess what? The next morning at 6am, you were going to be at the track running a mile, a Bishop or a half a Bishop mile or a Bishop yeah. mile. And nobody wants to do that. It is awful. Exactly. And con- I mean, that's an- that's another thing that football has is consequences. I mean, there's a I mean, I, I don't want to sound like an old head or anything, but in the world today, there's not really any consequences for anybody. I mean, not unless you do something serious, like an actual you actually break a law. But I mean, if you do something wrong or you miss something in today's world, I mean, it's ah, we'll catch you. We'll catch you later. It's that's it. It's just a pat on the back. Next time. Football. You miss something. You you miss running out for a special unit or uh, you miss running out for uh, a huddle or something like that. Next guy's up. So and that's just like life. Like you miss an opportunity or you're late to work too many times or, you know, you don't show up to this meeting or you miss this. And guess what? They're going to pass you by. 
and you may even lose your job. Like they'll give it to exactly. somebody else who can do it. And yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it's weird. It's the same exact thing. It translates exactly to life. Absolutely. hundred percent. So you're a history major, correct? I am. Why did, was that always your choice of major? Or did you uh, end up changing it to that? Uh, well, I mean, in high school, um, I went to a really rural high school. I mean, I was surrounded by cornfields as far as the eye could see. And all of our family friends were farmers. So I thought the logical thing to do would be a farmer. Well, it comes to find out farming's a lot harder to get into than it is to maintain. So uh, I've, I quickly realized that that wasn't going to be a possibility for me. I mean, I had this, I had a, I had a class in, in high school uh, with Mr. Jackson and Mr. Harold. They'll never hear this, but uh, it was civics English uh, one, one and two. So I had a freshman year and sophomore year and they offered some other classes in and out. Uh, it was English and like social studies tied together. And they were so enthusiastic about the way they taught and the way they explained things for young minds to hear that I was like, this is what I want to do. Because I went into that class every day excited and smiling. I mean, it, it may not have been for everybody, but it personally impacted my life and made me a better student. And it made me, I mean, I, I know a lot more after going through their classes and I got to experience a lot more. With a history class, I mean, you we took trips to uh, New York and Washington, D.C. I mean, that's not something everybody gets to do. And I mean, the opportunities that you have as a history teacher, which is what I eventually plan on doing, uh, are just endless. I mean, there's there's an infinite amount of ways to tie in current events to historical events. And it, it's it's all super interesting to me. That's pretty much how I landed upon a history major. But I also in high school, you'll think this is hilarious because it is hilarious. So I, we took this test. Um, I can't remember. It may have been the ASVAP or something like that. It wasn't the military one, but it was just like a career test. I took it and then you meet with the guidance counselor of your school individually. And I met with her and nobody in my family has ever gone to college before. And she knew that she looked over my scores and what I scored high on. And it was either become a, a mechanic or she said I could be a bus driver. And I was like, I, I, I mean, I took that as an insult at the time, but looking back on it, I was like, she doesn't know anything about me. And she was, a, she was, she determined so many people's futures because people trusted her and she's a wonderful lady. And I'm not going to say her name because I don't want anything going <laughs> bad for her or anything. But uh, she told me that I would meet new people every day and get to see new places every day if I was a bus driver. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with driving a bus but it just wasn't for me. And it wasn't, I, it wasn't what I saw for my future. That's crazy that now look at you, you graduated college, you're helping coach. You want to be a, you're going to be a history teacher. It's crazy how like, and you, you can use that kind of stuff too, as like motivation to like, like you said, it was kind of an insult because you're like, I'm better. You know, you're better than that. Like they don't know yeah. you, they don't know what's inside you. So that's like kind of goes to show like you're the one who knows like what you want to be where, or where you want to be. You may never get it, but there's nothing that says you can't go try to be it. And exactly, you know, like you, you did exactly the opposite of what she probably thought. And it worked out great for you so far, I'd like to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but I mean, it was, it's, it's the truth. I mean, I, I, I hate to brag about myself because I don't normally do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I mean, you, you take, you take, I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but the wrong things that people say about you and you can flip them on your head and make the greatest thing ever come out of it. You kind of touched on it. It's kind of crazy how I look at 
a lot of people like, you know, we're college kids and I have a handful of my friends who are going to be history teachers. And a lot of them usually say like people who want to be a history teacher, it usually stems from because of this teacher I had, like this history teacher that I had, like, it's crazy how that works out because like my high school, we had a history teacher. He was our defensive coordinator too. Crazy dude had a lot of crazy sayings. Like one time I got an interception in a game and I came off to the sideline and he goes, heck of an interception, Richard Nixon. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, or no, that's not what he, he goes, heck of an interception. That's some Watergate shit, Nixon. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's when you just throw up double peace signs and you go, I'm not a crook. <laughs> he always said that to me every day before practice. He'd always mess with me. That's hilarious. There, we our German teacher, uh, she had a couple of her of other German teachers from Germany, they were here and she was like mm -hmm. showing them around the school. And she's like right down the hall from this uh, teacher. And she walked, takes him. She's like, well, I'll take him down to Warrington's room because he's a good teacher and stuff. And I guess she walked down and he's standing on his desk with using a ruler. Like it's a gun. It like re showing a war, like something that happened in a war. Like that's how history teachers. Yeah. Are. And it's crazy. Like what you really look at a lot of history teachers have left a lot of, like positive things on a lot of their students i think more so than a yeah. lot because like it's a little more interesting than what's 10 times 20 like math or okay why is this a verb like little things like that but it's it's crazy what history teachers can do yeah i mean i don't i don't and and i don't want to take away from any of the other subjects or disciplines but i mean history you're able to follow it with your finger or a pencil or your eyes, you're able to actually read what actually happened. And all, although sometimes it may be wrong or uh, miswritten, but you know for a fact that these events took place at this time. And I mean, with a lot of other subjects, I mean, science kind of ties in with history. It's, it's very history based because of the when the stuff was founded, but that's beside the point. But like math, I mean, it's, it, I went through math in college and I would always ask, but why is it like that? wanting an explanation and the teachers sometimes wouldn't be able to give me an explanation and that's that's just how my mind works is that i need to know a reason why or what led up to this to cause it to be this if that makes sense i mean it's just it, history i don't want to say it's easier to explain but it, it it is for me it's easier to explain and comprehend so what what grade do you ultimately like want to teach do you have a grade in mind or like a, a rough idea of like what kind of school, I guess? I definitely want to teach high school. I don't think I could handle the constant questions from little kids. And it's great. Um, there's a broad range of subjects and styles that history can be taught. Like, I mean, down to the rudimentary stuff in elementary school. I mean, just the basics. I mean, America was founded by pilgrims, Thanksgiving, although that isn't really politically correct right now. Like that kind of stuff. I mean, everybody remembers going through elementary school and learning about that kind of stuff and being obsessed with pilgrims or Indians or cowboys. And it's just, it, it, it has a lasting effect that a lot of people overlook. It's just, it's, it's, I, I would almost say it's part of the subconscious, but yeah, I, I couldn't deal with the constant questions and the constant pampering of small kids for a job, at least. I mean, uh, I love little kids outside of school. Yeah, I mean, high school is like my bread and butter. I mean, the kids the kids are old enough to understand some of the jokes that you have. They're a little bit, I wouldn't say they're more respectful, but they handle criticism a little bit better than little kids. 
and like you can actually like engage with them a little bit more and they actually understand what you're saying. So is that the same with coaching when you go like when you're, you know, more into your coaching career, do you want to stick with the older people or do you want to stay, you want to do younger too? Or like, what is that the same with coaching as it is with teaching? I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I consider myself a coach right now. Um, I haven't been a part of any, uh, any game planning or anything on my end. I've done a little bit of recruiting and I've, of course we've gone through practices and film breakdown, stuff like that. Ideally I'd like to stay with older, older individuals, kids, young men, however you want to say it. I, I wouldn't shy away from coaching my little kids flag football team or baseball team. If that ever comes, if that ever comes to fruition in my life. But uh, I mean, the only reason I, I would say older, older individuals is because I want to make a career or a job out of it. That's the, that's really the only reason, but I mean, if the opportunity prevent or presents itself, I would absolutely take the chance. So being an offensive guy, offensive line guy, is that what you want to coach? You want to coach on the offensive side? Do you want to be, like an offensive coordinator, head coach, what kind like of coach do you necessarily want to be? Uh, I mean, I eventually, eventually, um, I mean, if everything goes correctly and to plan, which there is never a plan. The plans always could, go to I shit. Would, I would, yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, I would love to be a head coach eventually somewhere. I have a lot of learning left to do. I mean, personally on my end as an offensive lineman, I mean, I, I, I worried about my position and what my position did. I mean, there was no broader concepts. I didn't know what routes the receivers were running, what steps the QB was taking. I didn't, I didn't know. It, it's, it, you know what I mean? It's just, there's, there's a lot of knowledge to be learned and I'm still very young in my coaching career. If, if that even comes to fruition. So I would, I would love to be a head coach eventually. O-line is what I know technique wise mindset wise it's just it's easier for me it comes to me more naturally since i've 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 been a part of it for close to eight to ten years now with many different styles yeah ideally i'd like to be a head coach at some point in my life where did the inspiration for coaching come from well i mean seeing seeing the amount of effort that the coaches at ohio wesleyan put into our game plan and how serious they took it because i've been a part of programs where things weren't taken very serious and just seeing the, the level of stress and the seriousness that they put into their jobs. Um, it really swayed me. I came back to OWU to try to be a recruiting coordinator somewhere. Um, but I figured out that, that especially, I, I, I guess I picked the, the wrong time to get into that with COVID and everything. It's kind of hard to talk to people in person. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the coaches from OWU. And of course my dad, my dad was actually on the coaching staff in high school, my junior and senior year. And he coached us in little league and uh, flag football and stuff like that. So I would, I would say um, my dad more than anything, cause I grew up in that, in that mindset and that lifestyle, but also the coaches at Ohio Wesleyan also had a huge impact on that. Was it weird coming back, being on the other side of things, not being a player and being that coaching figure, especially with people like me and other people, you know, that are still on the team. Was that weird? I, I that's, that's the only thing that is weird about it. Everybody in the coaching staff made it as a transition. That's what I'll call it a transition for me to come in and help with the team flawless. I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like I missed a beat at all, but once, once you guys got back on campus and we actually started having practice and interaction with you guys, it wasn't really that tough. I kind of stressed about it because I was like, well, you guys, I mean, you guys have been with me through my best and my worst. 
and we won't go into that, but uh, <laughs> like that, that could be used against me or towards me. And I, I, I was, I was kind of worried about it. If I struck you guys the wrong way or rubbed you guys the wrong way, there's been no instance of that whatsoever. So, I mean, it, it, it couldn't have been an easier transition into this side of the ball or this side of the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those two. It almost, I feel like from coming from my side, looking at it, it almost makes it easier. Like if you did, you know, get on us. Yeah. We're going to get pissed. Cause like, it's weird. Cause we're like, why the hell are you telling us what to do? Like, we don't take, I don't want to say it badly, but we almost don't take you as seriously, but I feel like we get yeah. over a lot faster. We hold, let go of that grudge. Cause like, I know I lived with Teddy and we, we would butt heads when he was doing the coaching thing while he was like last, mm-hmm. his senior year. And that but like it was a lot easier because you know it's like a brother like you're gonna butt heads it's gonna happen but I don't feel like the grudge like you know oh I hate that coach or oh like not that like you hate any of your coaches or anything but like I feel like sometimes you hold on to it or they just you just automatically assume that they have it out for you or something like that I feel like it's a lot easier to let go of that like let go of them getting on you because you're like and I feel like also too it takes a little bit to where you're like oh like maybe (laughs) maybe they're getting on me for a reason like I messed up or I'm doing something I shouldn't be or like they're pushing me doing their coaching job. So I feel like yeah. it helps a yeah. little bit with the, like the grudge, the grudge with that being a little bit front. And I, you also like, not that if this is you, but like sometimes too, with that, you have to learn where to draw the line. Like, yes, we are still friends, but I'm now like, I got to be professional about it. And I feel like that's a hard thing too yeah. to handle. I mean, there's, there's a, I would also go to say that there's a level of respect that you have for somebody that comes back to coach um, for the same school that they played for. Cause I mean, we, I mean, when I was in school um, I mean, we had, we had Prawl or coach Prawl. We had Mason Tomlin. Yeah. I mean, we had guys like that. That's those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head, but I mean, yeah, we gave them a hard time in individual drills and like before and after meetings, but when they, when they got on you, you understood that, I mean, it was, they're here to do a job and we're here to do a job and those boundaries need to be respected. At least that's how, that's how, that's how I experienced it. I didn't want to sabotage their careers just because I was a young, dumb kid in college thinking I know better than somebody that just graduated. It's kind of crazy too. You look at, it kind of goes to show, like you talked about you going back to the same school that you got, like played for and helping coach, like, right after because you look at how many people like in my four years we've had Tomlin now I didn't play with Tomlin but you learned real quick who Tomlin was mm-hmm. and and then we had mm-hmm. what Prawl Roger even Teddy you Roger like, it's almost like I played with half the staff it's weird because you look at it you're like you yeah. know a year ago two years ago I was playing with all these guys now they're my coach like it but it goes to show like how I don't want to like give a praise, big praise to Ohio Wesleyan, but I am because like it goes to show like how much that school means to a lot of like everybody. Like you want to come back and you want to exactly. help that school. Yeah, I mean for the people for the people who didn't have a chance to go to a, a four year school and actually live on the campus and be immersed and take part in football or clubs or anything like that. When you when you live somewhere and you you eat, you breathe, you sleep, you drink um Ohio Wesleyan I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to transition back to a quote-unquote normal life I mean when I when I graduated and we went home uh right after spring break this past or the spring before yeah this past spring I struggled adapting to living at home with my family because I mean I got my I got both my parents and uh 
I got a, two younger brothers and a younger sister. And I mean, we're, I mean, our house isn't a mansion or anything, but it's being around them for more than a visit anymore uh, was tougher. And that's nothing against them. I just wasn't used to it. I was used to having my alone time. Um, I was used to being able to control when I wanted to be around people and I wanted to lay around in bed. I was also worried about coming back to Ohio Wesleyan because I thought that if I came back, people would view it as me just like trying to stick around someplace that felt familiar. Like I wasn't going out of my comfort zone. And I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I had conversations with my mom and dad about that. And I found out that wasn't the case at all because if it was easy to do and come back and be part of the coaching staff, then everybody would be doing it, if that makes sense. I mean, if, if things are easy, people are going to want to do it. And it hasn't been easy. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I mean, I work, I work full-time jobs and come and coach. It's not like I'm just coaching and that's it. And that's not the bragging myself at all. That's just my financial uh, situation. But um, yeah, it's been the furthest thing from easy trying to balance that. I mean, so, I mean, that speaks, I mean, that speaks tremendous praise to the kind of atmosphere that the coaches and the school itself is built around the football program. A hundred percent. I'll ask you this before I ask you a couple final questions. Um, if you go back in time since you just graduated, if you go back in time and tell yourself one thing as a college student, what would it be? So for anybody, any college students now or future college students listening, what would you give them for your advice? On a person, I mean, personally, it would be uh, don't hit the bottle too hard. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of touched on it at the beginning and a little bit throughout, but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I had my spells of drinking a little bit too much and it kind of, it kind of set me back a little bit in the classroom. Uh, I would definitely say know where your priorities lie. Make sure those are focused upon. Set goals for yourself. Make sure you're able and coherent to follow through with those goals. It's uh, funny because I look at it too and like I almost like that freshman year, especially you learn like you're, you know, you're at college. Oh, I want to go party. Like I want to, like you want to go do exactly. all that. And it's learning to, mm-hmm. you know, deal with those temptations and sometimes saying, you know what, I can't, I can't tonight or I shouldn't, I know I can't, like yeah. I shouldn't. So, and cause it, like you said, you dug yourself in a hole and I've done this. I did the same thing. Once you dig yourself in that hole, it's a lot, it's harder to get out of it than it is to dig that hole. It's easy to dig the hole. It's hard to get out of the hole. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not high school turning in makeup work. When you, when you, when you screw up in college and you, and you spend almost all your time drinking and hanging out with your buddies and not doing schoolwork or your homework, it's, it's, it's not that you just go to the professor or the teacher and you say, Hey, uh, here's my assignment. I didn't turn in last week. They won't accept it. Mm-hmm. And that affects your GPA and your GPA, the way it's weighted in college, it doesn't bounce back. It's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's not instantaneous. you got to, I mean, it, if it's, it's, it's tough. That's all I'm going to say is it's tough. And I made the mistakes firsthand and I wouldn't want to put that, put that, I'm going to call it evil. Cause that's it. It, it, it did kind of hover over me like an evil spirit, but uh, I wouldn't want to put that evil on anybody. I mean, there's a time for having fun and celebrating and drinking and having fun with your buddies and going out to the bar and stuff like that, but it all has to be in control. Yeah. Cause I'll never forget the one time, you know, we have, what was it? I think it was blackout Tuesday or Friday, one of the times. And, you know, the biggest party night on campus, really, when mm-hmm. we all um, our last day of classes before exams. And I realized I was so before, far behind in this class that I had to study. It was like the two days later I had that exam. 
So I knew mm. I had to study and I knew because I had to get a certain percentage just to pass the class. And mm. instead of going out, I stayed in and studied, which people laughed at me and gave you crap, but it's that knowing that, you know, I have to do this. And it's knowing to make that choice for your future because the partying yeah. will come in the future. You can do that more in the future. Yeah. Your grades in uh, that degree could slip away real quick and there goes part of your future. Exactly. I mean, your degree is your investment. You're investing in yourself. I mean, no matter whether it's a thousand dollars a year in tuition or 20 to $30,000 a year in tuition, I mean, it, the risk just gets greater the, the, the different schools you go to. So, I mean, it, you, take, you need to take that investment seriously. Like I said, I didn't um, at first, at least the first two years, I didn't. I spent my time partying and not paying attention in class and stuff like that. And, and it, I paid for it in the end. I had to play a big game of catch up. And luckily, I, I, I eventually caught up. I wasn't anywhere where, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I wasn't anywhere where I wanted to be. I, I, I was able to make it and I'm glad I did, but there's definitely um, a time and a place and you have to set your priorities straight. That's the advice I would give the listeners. Final few questions before we get into our final segments. Uh, who is your biggest inspiration? Hmm. My biggest inspiration. I would probably have to say my mom and my dad, my parents, they went, they've, they've been through a lot in life. Now they, they may be younger. I mean, they had me right after they graduated in high school and they graduated in 97. I mean, the, the fact that they were able to balance getting their life started, you know, house, kids, insurance, phones. Cause I mean, it's, it's the amount of stuff you have to worry about as an adult compared to a child is, is just, it's insane to think about, but the fact that they were able to do that and they were able to produce me, even with all my flaws, I turned out to be pretty decent is what they say, but uh, they're, they're my biggest inspirations. I mean, they, I talk with them weekly. My mom, sometimes a little more, I'm I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. I, I'm a mama's boy. I call her whenever I have problems. <laughs> I call her to vent just the, the trials and tribulations that they've been through. I mean, it's, it's like something out of a book, the stuff they've had to deal with. It's insane. So I, I mean, I look up to them continuously. They may not feel like it that I do, but uh, I do. It's yeah. I I'm very grateful to have them as parents. So I asked you about the whole, if you can go back and tell yourself one thing in college, what about if you could just go back in life, even whenever it was, whenever you want it to be, and you could just tell yourself one thing, what would you tell yourself? It would be in college and it would be, uh, hmm. That's a, that's a tough question. I'm not going to lie. Um, I would just say focus. I would, I would, I would reassure myself that my, my younger self or my past self, however you want to say it, that you know what you want to do in your heart. You just gotta, you just gotta follow it. Cause I mean, my freshman, sophomore year, I spent a lot of time bouncing back and forth on ideas of what I wanted to, to major in and graduate with. And I knew all along it was history and history education and, I would just tell myself to be sure of myself, be sure of myself. So I like to uh, talk about the importance of goals sometimes on this podcast and having something to strive for. So what are the goals of Hunter Coyle going forward? Uh, The goals for me going forward, I would like to be ideally be a part of a coaching staff, whether that be here or uh, somewhere else and have a substantial impact on uh, players lives. Um, I would uh, like to, another goal I have is to get my teaching license. Um, to where I can actually get a uh, full-time teaching job, hopefully in history. I'd like to stay in touch with all my friends from school, whether that be high school and college. Those are my three goals. I like those, actually. Those are good goals, though, because those are like goals that really 
that's the other thing too. You look at it. Some people make these goals, but they're like, you look like no different than when we did our leadership meetings with the team goals. You have to find something that's honestly, you know, like you think you can do, don't make it too far or make it too easy. It's okay to have those easy yeah. goals to like check off, but find something like those are goals that are realistic and possible. Like, and, but the only thing stopping you from achieving those goals is yourself. And you're also able to track them. That's, the, that's another thing about goals. You have to be able to track and measure your goals and see how far along you are and what you need to do different, what you need to do better. It's, it's, or what you need to do completely different. I mean, it's, it's, you, you have to be able to track your goals to be able to know the status of your goal, I guess would be the best way to say it. It just, yeah. it's, you don't, yeah. I mean, you don't think about it when you set a goal initially, you'd be like, I want to be, I want to be super rich. Well, I mean, technically you can track that one, but what are the steps you're going to take to get super rich? What are you going to, what do you, what are the steps you're going to take to be financially stable? I mean, there's levels to being rich. I mean, you could being able to pay your rent and not be behind being able to go out to dinner whenever you want, being able to go buy a car you want without having to worry about anything else. I mean, there's levels to everything. And I think being able to have an attainable, measurable and sound goal are very important. I like that. As we start to wind down this episode, I want to wrap up with my favorite segment of the podcast personally, which is Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday is where I allow the guests to give a little inspiration to our listeners out there listening on their Monday mornings. So what do you have for episode 19's Motivation Monday, Mr. Hunter Coyle? I I am going to have to look at a sheet of paper that I had to write this down on, but... uh... It's uh, a famous quote from Winston, Winston Churchill, who was a British prime minister back during World War II. Um, it's those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Now, that can go for world politics. That can go from football. That can go to a personal level. If you do not realize what's happened in the past, either to yourself, to the program, to the world, if you forget those things, they will happen again. Don't let those things happen again. Remember the past to build for the future look at hunter coil getting inspirational i like it i like that's this right. side of hunter coil that's right. i started something new last week with carter franklin it's called uh rapid fire <laughs> rapid fire is a segment i'm gonna ask you a handful of questions to try to answer them as quicker quickly as possible they're like this or that questions you ready okay xbox or playstation playstation Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Twitter or Facebook? Ooh, I had to go Twitter. I threw the Facebook in there because I knew you like Facebook. Yeah, I, I am on Facebook a lot. <laughs> Mountains or beach? Beach. Uh, winter or summer? Mm, definitely summer. Spring or fall? Fall. Summer or fall? Mm, I'm going to have to go with summer on that one. Night owl or early bird? You already answered this now. <laughs> yeah, early bird. Coaching or teaching? Ooh, I'd probably have to go with teaching. That's that's the ultimate goal. Final one, guard or tackle? Aha. That's a solid one. That's a good one. I wasn't expecting that one. Uh, I'm going to have to go guard. That's a wrap on episode 19 of the Roughnecks podcast. Thank you so much for joining the show this week, Coyle. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great time. This is also a wrap on the month of January, so that means inspiration is over as well. But keep inspiring others. Don't stop inspiring others. Just because this month's over for us doesn't mean you can't you can't be inspirational. Next month's topic will be released on Sunday, January 31st, on our social media, so be sure to check that out. But for now, Roughnecks out.
What did I tell you? I told you that Hunter was going to have some inspirational stuff to say. A new perspective to everyone out there listening. There are many younger people who listen to this, and sometimes the older guests may not exactly understand what younger people are talking about. But someone like Hunter is in our shoes and shows us that despite dealing with everything that's going on in the world, you just have to keep pushing and eventually you will come out on the other side. Hunter gave some great insight that is worth listening to. As always, be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Podcast and Twitter at RoughnecksPodC1. You may even start to see the podcast on TikTok in the near future, so stay in tune for that. If you want to contact me, then you can message me on our podcast socials or email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. But for now, you know the deal. Until next week, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.